right, so we want to... We want to, I, I think that you should introduce um, <laughs> our second time around. Yeah. And hops with the reason why we're here again. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, so, yeah, I hope everyone had a good holiday. We did, as you noticed. We haven't been back. <laughs> we had too good of a holiday. So. That Coheed show took so much out of us that we just had to take a breather. No. <laughs> um, we, as advertised, we went to those three final Dillinger shows and we recorded an episode which we two thought days later. was... Yeah, two days later, which we thought was fantastic. And then when we went to edit it, we realized that we were, we were so enthusiastic that we were just all over the place. All over the place. And... We listened to it, and we were like, yeah, this is good. And then we took our own hats off and listened to it as somebody else trying to understand what the fuck we were talking about. And, and we, we really like, felt bad for you. Felt really bad for you. So we're like, <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's take, do take two. And then, um, then in the middle of that, I decided to get deathly ill. So uh, we had to put it on pause for a little bit longer because, um, yeah, I almost died. Not really. No, not really. Not really. I just felt like I was going to. Yeah. (laughs) We sounded terrible, so we spared you that. Yeah. So so you're welcome again. (laughs) Um, Spared you a lot of earache. A lot of earache. A lot of earache. It was heinous. Yeah. Really enthusiastic, but terrible. Yes. So that said, here's Dillinger Escape Plan, take two. (laughs) The hopefully as enthusiastic version. (laughs) Yeah. But a little (coughs) more put together. Yes, and uh, sorry for the coughing in the in the mic. Yeah, from here on forward, I cannot control it. Also, sorry, I sound like a man a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can cut that. I'll cut whatever. Maybe maybe we won't cut it. Who knows? So yeah, I want to. I want to start the tale. So I guess it's um, you know. Are we welcoming back our seven listeners? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to five to of you. you that listen to the other two. And I think there might be two more of you now. Yes. So thank you, Yay! the seven of you yes. that are paying attention. <laughs> we're, we're really happy to have you. Um, no, so I guess we'll just kind of go in. We have a lot to talk about tonight. So instead of, you know, doing any stupid banner about shit that you guys don't really care about anyway, let's just talk about why we're here and... But the purpose of this episode is, which is three nights, three final shows of the Dillinger Escape Plan at Terminal 5. Uh, The dates were December 27th, 28th, and 29th. Wednesday to Friday. Wednesday to Friday. So they capped out our 2017 in style. And we'll just kind of go into our night one, which was date night. Yeah, yeah, date night. Our date night, which meant... As friends, we have date nights at metal shows. Of course. I mean, all ladies have date nights at metal shows. Right. So this was our date night. And we, you know, we went to what? No, you had work that day. And then we met up at... We met up at the Barcelona Bar, which was our home base for the next three nights. Um, Which is, if you're ever in that area of town by where Terminal 5 is, was it 55th and 8th? I think mm. the bar is. Anyway, if yeah. you're in that area and you see a bar with a big blue shot glass on the front of it, it's that place. Yes. And go in. Go in. Say Get hi. Some shots. Um, pick a shot off the wall and have it. Enjoy it. You're welcome. Yep. 
They dress you up and play music for certain shots. There's a Harry Potter shot. There's a Stranger Things shot. It's very fun. And it's very, it's, it's like a Broadway type shot experience. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that though? It's yes. like animated and theatrical and fun. And you know, you don't go in there to just chill. You go in there to have a party. Yeah. So that's where we started the night. Yeah. And then we would walk over in the negative degree weather and wait in line. Fucking freezing cold. So cold. And yet there's still people waiting on the line in just hoodies. In a hoodie. If I don't know how you survived. I don't know how they survived, but they did. I admire your gusto for trying. Yes. And people who say that just wearing a hoodie and a thermal, you're still warm, I think you're still lying. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> there's no way that you're warm. It is like freezing. I had on layers upon layers upon gloves upon layers, and I was still cold. And you have two layers on. I don't think thermals work that well. No. Okay. I just want to make sure that I have some backup here on that. <laughs> All right. But hey, if you made it and you, you know. If you, you survived and you didn't get hypothermia, we're glad to see that you made it. Yes. You did get hypothermia. We're sorry, but I mean. Wear a jacket next time. Yeah, wear a jacket next time. <laughs> Period. <clears throat> oh my goodness, this is going to be annoying. Sorry. So yeah, so as we talked about before, Dillinger's Skate Plan must be one of our collective favorite bands. Between yes. the two of us, number one. Yes. And so they started in 1997 up in northern New Jersey, over here somewhere. I'm not really positive here. Morris um, Plains, I Morris believe. Morris Plains, yeah. And so these shows not only were their final shows, but it capped off their 20 years of playing. Which is pretty miraculous for a band of their uh, style and the, the, what they put into their shows and stuff. The fact that they lasted 20 years, like physically, is saying a lot about them as people. Because yeah. their shows are very uh, interactive and <laughs> very energetic and very intense. You know, And they put on consistent shows night after night after night for 20 years. And... The, leading up to these final shows, not a single one of us ever, not a single show ever let me down. I never, you know, they never, they never let up in those 20 years. And it's not even energetic in the sense of like, yeah, they jump around a little bit and they yell. It's, it's past that. It's to the point where uh, if you see them in a tiny club, they'll be hanging off the, the lighting rigs and they'll be jumping yeah. off the amps and yeah. they'll be... Uh, Crowd surfing and standing <clears throat> on people, and Greg, who's the current singer, was the current singer, yeah. um, will jump off second floor balconies. It's that's what we mean by interactive. That's what we mean by interactive and energetic. And energetic. <clears throat> it's um, it's definitely something to see. If if you guys listened to our first episode, uh, it, my story was actually about seeing them for the first time, and you can get a pretty good sense of the shock and awe and am amazement that you get when you see them. And they're just, they're amazing. And as, as much as I understand that this could not possibly continue on forever. I mean, physically. Physically. Yeah. Physically, it could physically, not. it could not continue on forever. Um, and I understand and respect that. And, you know, I understand why they made the decision they made. But it's still, you know, it was a bittersweet last three shows. Um, yeah. It, it, it was... I'm very happy to be there. I think uh, reflecting on it a week later, two weeks later, you know, I still just have nothing but happy thoughts about it. But talk to me in a couple of months when I realize that that's really it and I might be whistling a different tune. 
Well, it's not even, yeah, it's not even the morning of, of a band or of songs. It's the morning of an experience. Yes. Right? It's a totally yes. different animal than just going to see any band. Right. And, you know, they, they were the band for me personally who gave me that live experience that I didn't know existed or that I wanted or that I needed. And now, and I've never been able to find that. I, I found other bands who've come close and who put on great shows and I, and I get excited and stoked and happy and I run out of there and I'm like, you know, skipping down the street and everything's great, you know. <laughs> but I think they were kind of, they were the band that set it off for me and no other band did it like they did it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but I'm glad that we were able to be there for the last three. And we really did it up. We did not really, you know, we, we went in, we gave it our all, everything we had. <laughs> we, we, tried to, we tried to match it. We tried we to go in and give 110% every night. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> we did, though. We did. We did. And, and even it, if I wasn't 110%, you were 120% right. to compensate for my lack of percentage. <laughs> exactly. And, and vice versa. You know, I, there so, yeah. and, and, you know, and now we will go into what we mean so, by yeah, that. So that's the background, background of that. Yes. And it seems a little fanatical to have gone three nights in a row. However, with that explanation, I think it kind of makes a little bit of sense. I mean, is it though? No, it's not. You're right. right. <coughs> and even if it is, fuck it. No, okay. I don't care. I don't care either. I didn't have anywhere else to be. Greg did. He was busy. <laughs> Remember, he was like, are you guys coming all three nights? Fuck, I have, shit. Like, I have other shit I wanted to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you ass. But it's, like, I mean, it's pretty funny. You could, you could go do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's... I'm like, sure yeah. they'd be great anyway. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean... No, there would be... I mean, whatever. No. Anyway. I mean, we love him. We do love him. We love him. He rules. He does. Night one. Night one. <laughs> <laughs> Night one. Wednesday. December 27th. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it all starts yeah. with God, space, <laughs> mother. We, and we refer to them as God, space, mother because it, it makes me a little weird to refer to them as godmother because I think of like your fairy godmother. fairy godmother or your like religious godmother or that lady that's part of your family that you refer to as your godmother. It's not really what this is. It's God, space. space. Mother. mother. God. Mother. Uh, mother. God. <laughs> God. Fill in with whatever you want, mother. <laughs> like how chick, chick, chick was any repetition of sound, right? Yeah. It was, it was just that. It's God. Burp, mother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, so night one, you know, we really wanted to get there to see God space mother or God burp mother. And because we, I had heard a little bit about them. They're a, a metal band from Sweden, I believe. Yep. And they had never played in New York before. I think they had played in the States, I want to say maybe Texas or somewhere, but they had never played in New York. And they, what a crowd to be able to play to in New York for the first time. 
I, I just I think like they they I mean Dillinger picked a great band to open for them. You know I mean they were just perfect and they were awesome and they set the tone of the night just right. They were high energy. They were they they almost they, not almost they did do what Dillinger does. They came in the audience. They were a part of it. They didn't just like perform on stage and then stay up there and have it be this separate thing. They came in and made you feel like you were a part of the show too. They weren't talking at you. They were to, they were with you. And their, the music was great. Their energy was great. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, I definitely want to listen to them more. I don't have any more background on them other than they're a metal band from Sweden. And they were fucking awesome. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. Um, ditto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were they I were was great. really... I was really, I tried to, every time I go to a show and try and do research in advance and like see who's actually opening to, you know, I don't like skipping opening bands because, you know, they're on the bill and you've got the ticket. You might as well just go see them and support them because they're there. Right. So, but when I listened to God's Space Mother, <laughs> I knew we had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And they did they, not disappoint. In no. The oh my goodness. They were so great. They were just so, so, so great. And really, again, high energy, really fun, great music. The, the crowd loved them. I mean, they, they just, they really connected with this audience and it was, it was something, I'm really happy that we got to see them. Um, which I, we didn't say this yet, but we originally weren't gonna go to night one. We were originally just gonna go to Thursday and Friday. And the reason that we bought tickets to go to night one was because we then, we found out that Mike Patton was actually performing the whole Irony is a Dead Scene EP in its entirety on Wednesday night. So we're like, well, hell, we need to be there for that. And then not only did we get that show, but then we also got to see Godmother. So it was like, if we wouldn't have gone to that night, I think we both would have like kicked ourselves in the ass and been like, what were we thinking? Like, why didn't we? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's not really us. I mean, honestly, when we got the news that they were going to break up before their last tour, which was, which spanned uh, mid 2016, I think, to mid-2017, Yeah, their tour for Dissociation was, yeah. which, which was Dillinger's last record. Is their last record? Uh, uh, um, maybe not. We went to see them four times. Yes. Because we knew they were never going to tour that record again. Yeah. And, and they we were just... never going to tour at that level again, and so we went as many times as we could. So the fact that we even entertained... At a show, like we traveled for that. Like we went to Philadelphia, we went to Connecticut, we did some shows in New York. But we had a friend that came out from Pittsburgh. Like we made a big thing out of it. Yeah, Emily from episode two about the coheed and Cambria. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, <laughs> but so if the show is in New York, it's where we are, and we decided to not go. Is just like why would? Yeah, I think we had like a. We just had a moment of, and it wasn't not wanting to go. It was like, can we physically handle three nights in a row of this? <laughs> I think that's more of it Are we going to blow our load too early for night three if we go to night one? I think which, that's what it was. Which I'm going to say, no, I did not. I totally blew my load on Friday. Yeah, you did. Totally blew it. And uh, I'm still kind of paying for it right now, but that's fine. So it's yeah, totally night one. <clears throat> night one. Uh, the, the deal with the Irony is a Dead Scene EP is that so Dillinger put out a couple records um, with their original singer and original lineup, I guess. I'm sure there were slight changes, but I'm not at the level where I know what all the changes are. So they put out a self-titled EP. Um, they put out Under the Running Board, which is another EP. They put out the full-length Calculating Infinity. And then after Calculating Infinity, their singer, Dimitri, um, 
Minicacus. I think it's Minicacus. Minicacus. I'm going to try. Apologies if that's <laughs> not right. You'll just be Dimitri now. <laughs> um, Dimi. Dimitri decided to leave the band and pursue his own professional goals. I think he ended up doing graphic design, which, good for you. That's yeah. what we do, and we, <laughs> we love that. Yes. Your work is cheers. fantastic. Cheers to you. Clink. Clink. Yeah, cheers to you. Um, and so the irony is, is a Dead Scene EP was put out after Calculating Infinity, which was their first full-length record. And so it was in the space when they were still searching for new singers, which... In this process, they found Greg Pucciato, who is, was their current singer. Uh, I know. I just, so I know. every time she says that, my face drops. That's why we. I, it's, it's so fresh. I just don't know what to do. It's like an open wound. You put it is, salt in it repeatedly. Salt the shit out of that thing. Super salty. All right, sorry, salt, night one. Salt bay that wound all day. Um, <laughs> so, so, if I remember the story correctly, for Calculating Infinity or after, at some point around there, they did a tour with Mr. Bunkle, which is one of Mike Patton's bands and is probably my biggest concert regret. Not really regret, but I couldn't get in, and so I'm still unresolved about that. <laughs> Goddamn young age. Um, <laughs> so, so they toured with them, and so they already had this kind of relationship, and Mike Patton and the rest of the band were aware of them, and I'm not sure exactly how it came to pass, but there was a discussion with him that was like, hey, you know, let's let's put out a record. You know, you like what we do, we like what you do, let's put something together. Um, and so in their search for a new singer, they found Greg really early. And, you know, they had to have that conversation of, hey, you know, we have this other obligation. Is that okay? We don't mean it to be disrespectful. And Greg was like, no, fuck no, you do that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And so they did. And they recorded this EP. And I don't think they'd ever really played any songs live. I think I'd seen it once. They toured with Tomahawk, which is another one of Mike Patton's bands, maybe in 2002. And I think he did like a song or two off of it on that tour. But aside from that, I don't think they've ever played it. I don't think you've heard it. No, I've, I've never heard anything off of that EP until Wednesday night. Until Wednesday night. So, so they, was... they played the record, but we didn't know how this was even going to get integrated in the set list. Mm. My assumption before even showing up was uh, Godspace Mother, Break, <coughs> Dillinger Escape Plan. And in the middle of it, they were going to, you know, wheel out Mike Patton. Not wheel out Mike Patton. <laughs> They're going to bring out Mike Patton. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna bring on Mike Patton and then he was gonna do it with them like in the middle of the set or like as an encore or something integrated in a larger set yeah. but were we surprised when we showed up at Terminal 5 and saw yes. the the set time page that says Godspace Mother I wanna say 8 o'clock Mike Patton like nine, nine something, and then Dillinger Escape Plan at another time and we were like oh, oh Mike, okay. Mike Patton's getting his own slot yeah. for this So then, yeah, so then that's, that sparked the conversation of like, well, who, what band's going to play with him? Like what, who's going to be his backing band for the CP? We have no idea because is how, how is that really going to work out? So we were like, oh, is it going to be like from Mr. Bungle? Is Is it going to be from this? So we were like geeking out and we're trying to figure, of course (laughs) it's like, you know, we're just sitting there being us and trying to like guess what it's going to be when really we have no clue. So we're sitting around waiting and, you know, we I think we had this point time finish our whiskey and we're waiting and then all of a sudden the lights go down and we see people start to walk out on stage and who is it other than Dillinger coming out opening for themselves with <laughs> Mike Patton <laughs> performing the AP and then leaving the stage 
after just doing this like amazing, crazy set. So they did like all four songs from Iron Knees, the Dead Scene, and then they did they did a Faith, a Faith No, no More, More cover, cover. Uh, Malpractice. Yes, and they crushed it, killed it, and then they leave the stage. And then about 15, 20 minutes later, they come back out and do their set. So I, I think that they're one of the only bands that can actually like kind of come out, open for themselves, do a fucking amazing job, kill it, crush it, walk off just like nothing happened, and then come back out and do it again. And, and be and, and with that same level of energy and, and, and awesome and madness. And I, I don't even know. It was <laughs> I just love that madness. We, we just stood there and we were like, they're. It's them. It took me a song to like adjust. (laughs) It really did. Like during Hollywood Squares, I was like, what? What? Yeah. What? Is that really them? Yeah. Like, how is that happening? What? And it it was just, it was so, it was so like surreal and awesome. And, you know, it was great. The whole thing was great. You'd never seen it. It was a little, like, it, they came out a little later than we thought they were going to. So we were waiting around for a little bit and we were like, what's going on? Is it, is, is are they gonna run? So then we were like, were we right? Are they gonna run the Mike Patton EP into their set? Like, are, is it just gonna be like one constant? I was for like, the they rest are the still night? doing this, yeah. right? Like, they are, they yeah. are still doing this, They're, right? Right. Like, they gonna are gonna happen. come out. Like, Mike Patton's not like puking a lung and he can't do it. Right. I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> yeah. So we're waiting there and we're getting a little like antsy. We're like, all right, it's a little later than it said, and because I mean, to be honest, these guys aren't the type of band to really procrastinate. Like, they come out, they do their thing. And the fact that it was taking a little while, we got like a little weird and we were like, oh my God, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Is everybody but, okay? Yeah. I hope so. Right. Um, and But they're fine. They're fine. It was awesome. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it great. You know, so we freaked out a little bit and well, by a little bit, a lot of it. There's a lot, a lot of, of it. A lot of it. A lot of dancing, a lot of, and, and the thing was, there was a lot of happy faces in that crowd. There was a lot of smiles, a lot of happiness. We were just having a great time. Uh, it was awesome, and then... The other great thing about that set is that, um, so like I said before, Dillinger had a lot of previous members at different points in their existence who left for different reasons, but um, during this set, right, multiple sets, they opened for themselves. I still, <laughs> I, I look at the set list, and I'm like, fuck, like, really? <laughs> they, um, they opened for themselves. So the EP has four songs, but then they did the Malpractice cover, and the last four songs of this, they had Brian Benoit, who used to be there. Um, their bassist, he played with them. And he recorded... During their set. During the Hollywood... Not Hollywood Squares. During the Mike Patton set. That, yes. He played during the Mike Patton set every song except the first one, except for Hollywood Squares. That's right. When I was getting adjusted, Brian, my mom, was getting adjusted. <laughs> and then we both came out full force in song number two. <laughs> I couldn't remember exactly when he came out, but I know he was there. And that, yeah. was, pretty, that was something awesome to see, too. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he recorded... I believe everything through Calculating Affinity. He did perform on Irony's The Dead Scene and Miss Machine, which is the first record that Greg did with them. But then he developed nerve damage in his left hand, and so he was unable to perform live with them since. So I think this was the first time he'd actually come back since that happened and was able to perform with them again, which was really fucking cool to see. And it was also, because uh, we had also talked about this a lot at, you know, leading up to the shows. Who are they going to bring out? What are they going to do? 
who like who who are, who are they going to bring on stage? To there's been so many people that have come in and out of this band for different reasons, you know. And who who's going to be able to come back and be a part of it right now? So yeah, we, what we are they going to do to that. commemorate this? Yeah. Are they going to is it going to be business as usual for three right. days? Like how are they going to do this? Or but, you know, and we kind of thought like maybe not, but we weren't sure how they were going to do it, and they did it in the most tasteful way possible. Yeah, they were able to honor their own legacy yes. for three days. Yes, and just. It, and and as we kind of and this is another reason why we had to do this again because we were there so you know when you're at a show you kind of sometimes miss certain things because you're in it and then when you take a step back and you research it and you see what you kind of like dig deeper into what you were actually in and seeing we started learning more and we're like oh shit really <laughs> that's who that that's guy who is. that was oh, oh my god <laughs> you know so then we were like all right we gotta go back and we have to like we have to do this over again because we just we knew this so we knew x y but we didn't know z and now we know all of it and we're you know we need we need to put it out there it needs to be like the full story 110 percent. yes or <laughs> 120 yes okay <laughs> so and that's only the first that's only the middle set we right. didn't even get to we didn't even get to their set, set. So then, so after they opened for themselves, yeah. and, and then themselves came out, and then, <laughs> and, then, and then themselves left, and then themselves came out. Uh, I can't even say that that's the, the night had already started. Like, I feel like that entire night started from the second we got in there. It was just like nuts. And then when they came out, it just exploded. Powder but, keg, powder keg, terminal five, powder keg. Yeah, what is that? Powder keg, you know, it's what they used to. It's the stuff that ignites the bullets, right? So it's a it's a keg, it's a barrel full of gunpowder. Oh, that's why it says it's like powder keg is like a pressured. It can ignite at any moment. Oh, so this is most is what I learned today. Yeah. All right, powder keg. Powder keg. Let's see how I can use that in a sentence later. You will. Yeah. Call it out. We need we need one of those Pee Wee's Playhouse bells or something. <laughs> yeah. To bring out like powder keg. I got you said it. Word of the day. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So if you want to go into it, so then they came. So after they opened for themselves, they came after out. After they opened for themselves, they came out. Uh, night one was my favorite setless night. I mean, it was something for me to see them do Come to Daddy in the previous set with Mike Patton. That was like my favorite song on that EP. I was jumping around, and I didn't give a shit if anyone knew that I was jumping around. I would jump into everything. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care at that point. That was, that was my time. <laughs> but I also think that was, this was the only night that me and you were together from beginning to end. Yeah. I think it's the only night that we maintained closeness because it was date night. Yeah. So, I mean, we really tried. We put the effort in. Yeah. So, uh, so come to daddy <clears throat> set the tone for me. So yeah. I went into set two, ready to rage. Yeah. And they opened with Panasonic Youth, which is what? It's the first song off. One Miss of Machine? <laughs> <laughs> no, Miss Machine. It's Miss Machine? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm confusing it with Prancer. Prancer. It's, I mean, it's a PA and a PA. Like, yeah. I get Papa, it. The Papa, the so, Papa openings. <laughs> and pretty much every opening to all of their albums is amazing. So Yeah. They owned a Panas- Panasonic Youth, and they played uh, Destro's Secret, which I Oh, love. my God. It was so amazing. And later on, they played Sugar Coated Sour, which is another old song, which always gets a great crowd reaction. Yes. They played Here well, they, the Soviet Union. You yes. don't really hear that often either. That, that's when I popped off in the middle of that set that was it for me when they played you were the soviet union i disappeared <laughs> i that song that song gets me every single time it is such a powerful song and it, it just like when it hits that middle part and uh, i all right i'm done 
I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Because I could go on about you that. You need to take No, forever. go ahead. I need to. That's long rules. No, but it's just like, you are the scum of the earth. It's like, one, I want to know who the scum, like, I want to know who he's talking about. And I know it's all up to like interpretation, but like, I really want to know like who, who like pissed you off that so bad, so much that you wrote that song. Yeah. Because that is an angry fucking song and it's powerful and it's angry and it's meaningful and it can take so many different there you can go so many different ways with what that song means and it you know to me it feels kind of a little bit political but also feels personal so I don't know I just I love that song so much number four on one of us is a killer if you guys want to know if you want to go listen to it that's where it lives (laughs) uh yeah to me, for me that night before here of the Soviet Union, I think the song that really got me all like, you know, plopping around and being all nuts was uh, Setting Fire to Sleeping Giants. Oh my God, that's a good one too. That song, every time it comes on, I'm like, yes, okay, everybody get the fuck <laughs> out of my way. Like, this is my chance, you know? And I tend to like, like, kind of the, not all their popular ones, but I tend to like a lot of their popular stuff. And that one for me is just, I, to me, it's a very fun song, and I don't know, but I feel fun when I listen to it, and I just want to like dance around, and like I, I want to high-five people. I don't think people agree, but I just love it, and it's so good. So once that came on, I was like, okay, my night is set now, and then from there on out, um, you know, then they played uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, it was a really party atmosphere. It was a very I party atmosphere. I felt like it was a party atmosphere yeah. that night. Everyone was smiling and having a excellent time yeah you probably could have high-fived everybody mm-hmm. during that song i don't know if you did did you i, I mean, probably did probably i'm sure did. i did sometimes i like blank out a little bit when i'm there and i get really excited and i don't know what happens but i'm sure i high-five somebody um you know but then they played fix your face and for me that's just a phrase that we use a lot in life you go fix your face fix you your know face. fix your face um we probably said it on our podcast like 20 times if you guys have caught it i it's feel like, like oh my 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 face hurts a little bit. Oh, you, oh, should, you should fix, fix it. it. Yeah, you should fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they also had Farewell Mona Lisa, which was just, I mean, that song is amazing. It's the opening song on Option Paralysis, and that's, it's just a great jam. So it was just the, the entire set list from set one with Mike Patton, you know, into their set two with, you know, they played a lot of older jams that day. And it they had the just, encore. And then, and then the encore. The encore, they started with Limerent Death, which is the first song off their last record. Yes. Which I think they released as a single before that record came yes. out. Yes. So you really got a lot of time with that one before the record time. even came out. So that one. I think the day that song came out, I listened to it about 20 times in a row. Yeah. Loop. All day. I don't, loop, yeah. I don't loop. think I listened to a single other thing. What about you? What? That when that song came out. Oh no, that was it. I think like every that. morning I would leave the house to go walk to the train. Yes. That's the first thing that would get popped yep. on yep. every day. Yeah. It's so that so they open their they open their, their encore with that and then they close it out with Sunshine the Werewolf, again with Brian Benoit, who yes. came out during the previous set. Yes. But it's also one of the first times that I've seen them or you've seen them too, where they didn't even play forty three percent burn. Right. So this leads us to the end of night one, which we will talk about briefly. And so, you know, we already said it was kind of an, it was an amazing night. It was, you know, the, the whole, the whole bill was amazing, you party know, from atmosphere. beginning and party atmosphere. But then we got to the end of the night 
And we kind of both looked at each other after just having this great time for the past three hours, you know, and just being on this like high. And Hops looks at me and she's like, I feel, this feels weird. And I was like, it does kind of feel weird. And you were like, yeah, I don't know why. And is it, it done? The lights are on. Yeah. The music started. Like the but regular, we, like get your shit and leave yeah. music started. I was like, I don't, but should it doesn't we be feel, leaving? Yeah. It doesn't feel like we're done. And then, so we had this discussion about it a little bit about why it felt that way. And I think it's because, and I'm going to do the Pavlov thing that we talked about last time. You know, we're used to when we hear 43% burnt, we're done. Goodbye. Like yeah. all done. Hands washed, show's over, see you next time. 43% Burn is on their first full length on Calculating Infinity, and it's been a setless staple since that record. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing song. And they normally, they, they normally close with that, or it's towards the end. Mm-hmm. It, I can't say it's always, but it's always in the set, and it's always towards the end of the set. Mm-hmm. And they didn't play it. And we were really, I think our, we were just like, wait, but something's, something's off, something's weird. But, all right, I guess we're done. And then we left. And when we talked about it later, we were like, oh, it's because they didn't play 43% Burnt. That must have been why we felt weird, because we're used to that being how we know it's done and over. Yeah, there was a load that needed to be blown, and it wasn't. It wasn't, which was fine, because we still had two other days to, to blow our loads. Yeah. And so Thursday, we go on a Thursday, night two, blue balled from 43% Burnt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, you suck. <laughs> yes. <coughs> okay. I'm not, I'm Again, back. I'm meeting back. at the Barcelona bar. Yes. Underneath the big blue shot glass. Yes. <laughs> and then walking up to Terminal 5. Underneath the big blue shot glass. Um, yeah, someone roll that into a song and let us know you did it. You're welcome. Night oh, two yeah. uh, is the night... But they acknowledge the end because I believe the first song they played was Prancer. Before they even played it, they said, this is the last time we're ever going to play this song. And that was like a knife. Yeah. In the hearts of any Donger fan. <laughs> that was like, oh, God. It's like, ugh. Like, we, I mean, just hearing that, because, again, it's, the opening songs of all their albums are so amazing, you know, and then when they open the set with one of them, you, it's just like, it's a very powerful, like it, they're like a statement song, right? And Prancer is just like, it. I remember when I saw them play at Rough Trade and they opened with Prancer and Greg just, he didn't even get on stage yet. He just jumped off of the balcony to start the show <laughs> to that song. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is amazing. This is crazy. This is the best. And uh, Rough so Trade then, crowd, you made that happen. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank that, you for the night two moment. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great night. Um, <clears throat> but when he said that, it was just like God. I mean, we know it, but hearing you say it makes it real. But then, did you party twice as hard for that song? I partied pretty hard. I mean, I don't know that it was third. So Thursday night. I, <laughs> <laughs> just get it out. Just say it. Whatever it is. Uh, the crowd was just weird for me Thursday oh, night. Yeah. So I feel as though I partied, but the people I was around weren't as like the night one we had talked about. It was like very fun and playful and like everybody was just there to have a good time. Night two felt a little brutal. intense for me and brutal. A little brutal. And not in like necessarily a fun way. So I think for me, <clears throat> I, I did, but I felt like the people around me weren't as fun. So I was like kind of stuck. And I couldn't really go anywhere either. So mm. the answer is yes, but no. 
<laughs> with inbounds. Yes. Night two, the the night two and night three had the same openers, which were different from the first one, which yes. was daughters and code orange. So the crowd was a little bit different. It wasn't the like the Mike Patton geek out crowd. It was it was the um, brutal hardcore crowd. So mm-hmm. That might have been a little different. Yeah, and it wasn't like necessarily a bad different. It was just a different. Yeah, you know, it was just like a different. You know, and a lot of people who go to the shows, you know that sometimes the crowd makes the show. And yeah, it was just it was just like a different thing. So <clears throat> um yeah, they opened with Prancer and that was freaking amazing. <clears throat> but uh And they went right into Milk Lizard. And then that. Which <laughs> that song always makes me think of and we're gonna bring her up again, Emily. Because Hi Emily. Hi Emily. You're one of the five seven people She's seven. that are probably listening yeah. to Yeah. Um that's Emily's jam. So whenever I hear that, I always think of her. And I'm like, Emily loves this song. That one in Black Bubblegum. Yeah. I feel like are the two songs that make me think of her the most. You have to actually dance for that. <clears throat> yeah. she would. She would. I'm doing the Emily dance right now. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. And yeah. they play both of those songs that night. So Emily, I mean, you were thought of the whole time we were there, but especially during those two songs. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, so then they went into Jim Fear. So... The good thing about waiting on this a little bit is that we could do some research, right? And so all hail Setlist FM and all the people who contribute to that, and then yes. I could double check everything. Because I realized that the breakdown for this night was six songs off of Calculating Infinity, which is fucking unheard of in any recent set list for them, right? Yes. They've had so many records that it's unheard of to spend that much time in one set on a record. I mean, for the last tour, it makes sense, like Dissociation, like you're touring the record, right? right. You have to play for that. But to play that many songs of something that old is <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, but like why? we said, you know, honoring their, you know, the legacy of what they've done, yeah. right? They open up with that Mike Patton thing, and now they're doing this. And so... You know, Jim Fears one of those songs, and it's also the first time they've played it since like 2011 or something. So people hadn't even heard it in years. Right. Um, so, you know, we go through the rest of the set Setting Fire to Sleeping Giants, which they played with um, a lady from School of Rock who came out and sang for yeah. that. That was really that neat. That was really neat. I'm not sure what the association is there. I have no idea, but, but I, I loved that it. That was really fucking yeah. cool to like bring a fan out and do something. Yeah. That and, nice. and, it was during one of my jams. So it was like, fucking, because I love that song. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. And then ring somebody else out. I wish I was her. You know, <laughs> that's the thought I had. I was like, God damn it. I wish I was her. And I was up there, but I'm not. She had great hair. It was, it, her hair looked like fire. Yeah. Her hair was like red and like fire. It was a perfect song for her to come out during. It was, it was great. It was really neat. <clears throat> um, so yeah, they played a lot of other great stuff. They played the running... I mean, we're talking about Calculating Affinity, right? They played the running board. They mm-hmm. played Sugar Coated Sour again. They played... Um, they even played Crossburner. That uh, one I feel like I haven't heard that often. No, I haven't heard that often, but I love that song too. Oof. And they played Calculating Affinity, which was also the first time they played that since like 2013, you know? They had yeah. a lot of these songs they haven't played in a long time. But speaking of things that happen, haven't happened in a long time... Dun, dun, dun. So after Calculating Affinity... Um, fucking Dimitri that we referenced from night one. Oh no, I don't even think no? we talked to him about. We didn't talk well, we about how he his came name out. before. We did. Anyway, Dimitri came yeah. out in night one between the encore and was like, Dimitri, their first singer. He said, "Hi everyone, I'm not singing." 
<laughs> and then you can hear the whole like, crowd oh. groan. Right? Oh, come on. Me, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. We were like, like come what on. Is, what is he going to do for you? Is he going to do 43% burn? This is my dream. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this gonna... So fucking night two, as it says, for, thank you, set list, uh, song 15. Yes. <laughs> uh, they play all of the Under the Running Board EP with Dimitri singing it. And it's the first time I've ever seen him play. And I've been Same. listening to this band for fucking 16 years, 17 years, maybe. Long ass time. Never seen this happen. I, w- I, like, I positioned myself in a way that I couldn't even like, party to it. I wanted to watch it. And rem- I, I kept saying like after it, like I'm replaying it in my head so I remember it. And I'm still trying to do it and remember it. And I'm looking at the set list right now like... What did it look like? <laughs> what did it look like? Oh, yeah, yeah, after... He was there with his white shirt on. He wasn't wearing his glasses. And he's prowling around the stage. And he's, he's whipping the mic a little bit. And he's, like, standing in the front, like, super tall. He's, like, six foot something. Like, arms wide, yelling at people in their faces. Like, it was super in your face and super aggressive. And it, the songs are very different than their later material. So it's way more... I don't know. I'd hate to say hardcore. It's not, I mean, I'm not really, I'm shitty with that. But the earlier stuff is way more aggressive and way heavier. Yes. And so you got that. There's not as much like melodic breakdown y yeah, stuff in, yeah, the, in yeah, their yeah. earlier, yeah. In their earlier EPs, first album. And even, I mean, even on Irony is a Dead Scene, it's not, there's, it's not very melodic. It's kind of started to get that way a little bit later. But yeah, the, it, it, and for for me, you know, I started listening to them in about two thousand two, two thousand three. For some, no, two thousand three, and I had never seen him. Well, well, actually, this is a lie. We found out that he did perform in Philly when we were there. We just didn't put two and two together. Again, it was one of those moments where. I didn't even know who they were, so I didn't know who I was seeing we on stage. We were too busy with pit activities to even entertain what else was going on. Right. We're right. trying to either survive or party. Right. And so, we're not even paying attention. Right. So, no, seeing is believing. So we didn't, <laughs> we, didn't, no, we didn't believe that we had seen him before because we didn't actually see it. But now That's we true. were both seeing it and... We weren't together at this point, so when it came out, I immediately was like, where is Hops? Because I know that she's <laughs> freaking out right now, and I was freaking out. And I think that was another thing. People around me were excited about it, but I don't think they were excited as, like, I was about it or as, as I know you were. Oh, my God. And he just, I mean, we've had a, a lot of conversations about him. I, I think, yes, he is a very powerful force, but I also think he's adorable in this other way that I'll talk about later. Well, yeah. But he just, he comes out and he just, he owns, he just like controls and owns. And he just is like this big guy. I I don't know. He he stands up and I think before you described him as like a bear. Oh yeah, I described him as the bear. Because he is, he stands up and his arms are out and he's like, you know, he's in your face and it's just this, this like. It's a different kind of connection than you have. Yeah. Like, Greg, I love, I love Greg. Yeah. Greg. Oh, Greg. Greg is, I keep calling Greg the id because he just does whatever he wants whenever he wants and does it the way he wants to do it and fuck it, right? Like, I'm not even going to talk about Redding. I'll talk about the time after that where he just sat in a chair reading the newspaper and screaming lyrics into a microphone. He'll do whatever, he doesn't give a shit. He does what yeah. he wants. 
an artistic statement. I understand that, but he can, whatever he wants to do. Um, with that said, he's he he does what he wants, and he's more cat-like. I mean, cats do whatever fuck they want too. Yeah. We got we're recording here. We got a cat here. She doesn't want anything to do with us right now. No, nope. I, don't know where I she think is. she's like still her butt she's still half underneath under the bed. Blanket. I don't yeah. know what's going on? Ignoring us the whole time. Yep. She's pulling a Reading newspaper incident <laughs> right now. She's doing what she wants. Um, she but he's he's a prowler. He's aggressive, but he's more on the move. You know, like he'll be on one side and he'll be in your face and then he's crawling up something else and then he's hanging off something and he's and he's back on stage and he he plays at the same level as the rest of the rest of the team you know yeah. like Ben's running around and Greg's running around and together they're not like a typical band where there's a front person and then there's the band you know it's it's a different kind of thing yes and I I now give that to his like cat-like approach tendencies to that <laughs> and so when I refer to Dimitri as the bear, there is, he is that, uh, like, he's the, he's the front person, right, yeah. that the band doesn't normally have, and he commands, he, he has a very commanding presence. And when he's up there, you, I mean, aside from me, like, staring at him with my mouth, like, oh my God, this is happening, like... He commands that presence from anyone that's there. And yes. I'm sure a lot of other people, regardless if they know him or not, or who he is or his, uh, the way he relates to the band, would feel the same way. Because he's up there and he, he, he's just polarizing in the way that you just need to pay attention to him where he is at, like all the time. Polarizing is the best word you can use to describe him. I've been sitting here trying to think, like, what is a good word to use to describe him? It's polarizing, positively polarizing. Ooh. Yes. He is. Now. Oh yeah, I love my PPs. <laughs> PPOP. <laughs> PPOP. Uh yeah, he was just he came out and you know, and then we were stoked cuz it was like, wait, he is going to do it tonight. The night before he told like, us is he? He was going to sing. And then he oh, came out. Yeah. He was like, "Sorry guys, nope, not doing that." Then this night he came out and was like he I think he performed a song. And then I think in between, and I don't remember if it was before he performed the first song or if it was in between the first and second song, whenever it was that he took a moment to have his little speech. I think it, it might have been before the first song because you, you'd have to set him up a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I feel like they, he might have come out and everyone had that moment of, holy shit, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And then he <laughs> and kind then, of, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I think... Night two was amazing, but I think this was my favorite part of the night as a whole. And, you know, and we've, we've just discussed a little bit about, you know, how, um, you know, how Greg is and how Ben is. And, and there, is a, there is a front person to the band, but they kind of share that. They kind of share that stage. But with Dimitri, he kind of does demand this, this attention, and he is very polarizing. But I think another part of that is that, the band itself, they, they, they're not one of those bands that goes on stage and talks about themselves, ever. Yeah, no. They don't say anything about like, oh, we wrote this song when, or, you know, back when we were your age, we did the... No, they just, they go out, they play their heart out, and then they leave. They and then they get off stage, and then, yeah, they're busy. They're busy. You know, they they gotta, gotta yeah. melt your face. Right. So you can fix it. So, See, there we go. <laughs> See? Ding, ding! <laughs> um, but I think one of the cool things that... You know, I kind of like when bands tell a little bit of their story. And I was hoping for some of that during this 
goodbye shows. Like I was yeah. hoping for a little bit of a story. And that's what we got from Dimitri, which I thought was really special is, you know, he went up there and he, he was one of the founding members of the band and he did decide to leave, but that doesn't mean he, he's still been a part of the band. He's done a lot of their album artwork, you know, so he's still been a part of it, just not performance wise. He's, he's performed like one offs. Yeah. Like, like, wherever he's living, if they play there, maybe he'll do something. Yeah. But it's not a given, and it's not an all the time. Yeah, it's, it's not a consistent thing. thing. It's yeah. like a surprise, like, oh, I'm here, I'm going to do this thing, okay, bye. And I hear about it later, and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> I knew we should have went to Seattle for this show. <laughs> we always <laughs> should go to Seattle ah. for shows. We talk about that all the time. Mm. But what he did do is he got up, and he was like, you know what, guys? Like, I'm just going to say this. And he, like, gave a shout-out to Greg about just being like, you know, thank you for, you know taking what we started and progressing it and, you know, singing, singing the songs that, that I wrote and we wrote with the same emotion and intent that, uh, like I gave them and then moving the band forward. Mm -hmm. And he just like took this moment to, you know, acknowledge like, yes, I was definitely a part of the beginning of this, but it had, it was taken forward by this other person and he did a great job. And, you know, and also then there was this like whole, and this was my favorite part. So I, so I, I just appreciated that because I like, I, I like human interaction and I like hearing people's like inner, like deeper stories and why they do what they do. And I felt like I finally got a sneak peek about what this band, like, you know, that, that emotional side to them that yeah. you don't see a lot. Yeah. But then what I also really loved is that then he was talking to Ben and he was like, Hey man, remember when we were raking leaves and we were talking about starting a band and because we wanted to do something different, you know, we wanted to do. And Ben was like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Raking leaves." Remember when we were raking leaves? And Ben's like, "I can't hear you." He's like, "Take the fucking shit out of your ears so you can hear me." And Ben's like, "Huh?" Like I can't hear. And they just had this like funny, like back and forth between each other, which you never mm. would get. Yeah. And it was just this like adorable moment that you know it's it's a band that I've loved forever and I watch a lot of their interviews and I, and I love listening to Ben talk because I find him so fascinating and I love hearing what he had to say. We want but to talk to you, Ben. We would love to we talk would to love you. To talk we to would you, ben. love to ben, talk we to want, you, Ben. We want to talk to you as Ben. Yes, just as Ben. Not Dillinger Ben. Just, just ben. as Ben. Yes. Um, and it was just this like really, and it wasn't like emotional, it wasn't sappy, it was just like you saw their friendship. You know, and you saw how they, you know, you saw kind of like how this started. They were probably just dicking around and Ben was like, what? Or like, yeah, I want to do this thing. And they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's, let's do something different. Let's do something we haven't heard before. And then they did it and look at where they are now. And it was just really cool. And that was my favorite part of, I mean, the show was amazing. I'm not taking away that, that the music was amazing or, you know, but that moment where that they had on stage and Dimitri was up there and. He took that two minutes to, you know, thank Ben and, or not, not thank Ben, thank Greg, talk to Ben. Thank Greg and fuck with Ben. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> it was perfect. And I was like, that was amazing. And that was my favorite part. And then we reached the encore. Dun, yes. Which starts with Limmer and Death. And Again. I mean, we love, I mean, we yeah. already geeked out about that. I'm not going to revisit that. But then we resolve <laughs> our fucking blue balls from Wednesday because they do 43% burn. But not they do 43% burn. Your dream. My dream. Come true. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like literally your dream from your wee little hop self came true in that moment. 
and talk about it. Where Dimitri does 43% burn. Mm-hmm. But it's not that Dimitri just does 43% burn. Nope. Dimitri acknowledges everything that he'd said that you'd loved so much from yep. before. Yep. And performs it with Greg. Greg. Oh, my God. It was a duo between Greg and Dimitri. Like, I, like it did not get much better than that moment. Now that I'm, like, I'm thinking back on it right now, and that song, like, how, oh, my God. Because the two of them together, I've never heard them sing together. And they play off of each other so well. And, oh, my God. That was so good. It was so good. Yeah. I don't, even know if we, <laughs> I don't even know if I can say anything more than that. I don't have detail. The only thing I could say is, uh, there's nothing I could say that would convey how fucking awesome that was. Yeah. But we've been... Running around Medium and YouTube to find video for our Medium article page. So we'll put some stuff up. If yeah. I find some good shit, it's going up there. So if you want to see some of this stuff or hear what they sounded like when they did this, we're going to be looking for material to put up. Yes. So look for that. Stay tuned. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And yeah, the two of them together. Ugh. So that was it for me. I that was it. Friday, I was. I didn't give a shit about Friday. I was. I that was. I was done. I was toasted after that. I was finished. Yeah. The whole time we were in line, you're like, I just have to keep replaying. I was that like, in my I'm, mind. Just, I'm not paying attention. Yeah. I'm not, that I'm replaying it. It's on repeat in my yep. mind. I'm still doing it right now. Yep. I. St- I don't really think we talked. I think that's all you kept saying is I, I just like, got to keep thinking about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm thinking about it. Yep. Rerunning it over and over, like. Fucking when Limerick Death came out, nonstop, yep. all the time, just going through in there. <laughs> I'm really hoping that. I mean, I heard that they were filming that these shows. I really hope that that's a thing and that we can have this. Is there gonna be a shot of me like with my mouth hitting the floor? Like, <gasps> I hope so. Probably. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good night. That was that was a really good way to end. And because they ended with that, we knew. It, it was, was over. over. Yeah. We knew it was done. We were we like, were okay, so night two, done. On uh, to night three. Night two. Which, <laughs> we, so, you know, all three nights were great. You've heard us say night one was amazing. Obviously, for night two, Hops had probably one of the greatest <laughs> nights of her life where all of her wee hop dreams came true. Oh my God. And <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I had, I got something out of that night that I was hoping for. So I think like we both were very satisfied. You were 120% satisfied. Oh yeah. I was Thursday. Friday. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just, I'll ch- yeah. I, the, I, like I said, I try and see all the opening bands and stuff. Like we watched daughters in code orange that yeah. day, Friday. I just didn't like, got in there for the last Cold yeah. Orange song and that was I got a Jameson and just stood around it's like I'm, I don't care yeah <laughs> well Friday night was an interesting night because fr- that was the night that we had planned on bringing a whole bunch of people so we're on to night three the final final show and when they sold these tickets when they went the shows went on sale they didn't go on sale as a three piece night no. three the Friday show was the only show and it was this is their farewell event Sold out immediately. A mm-hmm. couple days later, I want to say, oh, hey, guys, we're going to add a second show the day before with the same opening bands. The same opening bands are on Friday, Daughters and Code Orange. So we're going to do that. And then maybe another couple days or another week or two later. Like a week or two later. A week later. or two later. They're like, they announced Wednesday. just kidding. We're going to do a third one on Wednesday. Yeah. So, so Friday for us, 
we bought like between us, we bought eight tickets to go because we knew, we had people, right? Like I knew three other people that wanted to go, and I knew, knew three, three other, people. other people that wanted to go. Uh-huh. So, you know, we had all of our people lined up, and as the show got closer and closer, and it was around the holidays, you know, a lot of people realized that they weren't going to be around. So it was one of those things where, yeah, yeah, I totally want to go to the show, and and I, they all really wanted to. You know, they all had the intent to be there, but then the holidays came around and traveling happened and family happened. And so it turned out for both of us that everybody that we bought a ticket for couldn't go. So (laughs) then, so whereas we had four tickets each with ourselves and three other people, now we had four tickets each with just (laughs) ourselves. We were like, okay, so everything happens for a reason. So now we just have to find new people to go to these shows. And so we were going on for a while, like, oh, hey, you like this band? You want to come with us? Yeah. You know, you want to do this? Hey. And as we were meeting people, after we bought these tickets, we were kind of like, you know, feeling them out. Like, do you want to come to this? Do you want to have fun? You want to see what's going on? Yeah, I like that band. Or yeah, I'm kind of into that. And, you know. Yeah. So at any given time, we had all of the tickets accounted for or none of the tickets accounted for. Even to the point where we were, we recorded someone who will probably be airing in another two weeks or so. Yes. Um, who we only found out during recording loved the Dillinger Escape Plan and didn't even realize they were still still playing. And we said, hey, actually, you like them. We have a ticket. Do you want to come? And he's the only other person that I yeah. think yeah. I ended up like getting to go. Yeah. And for me, it happened because... You know, I knew that I definitely had... Uh, still, one of my tickets was a maybe. So I had two tickets up for grabs. And it was actually the day we were editing our very first episode. And we went to edit at this brewery called Departed Souls. And I'm drinking I, one of your beers right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went in there in theme. Because obviously, like, my first... My first... Or my most... 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 most wow, okay. Ubermost. <laughs> Ubermost. My most it. memorable live music experience was about the Dillinger Escape Plan. So I was dressed in theme and wearing my t-shirt. And I went up to the bar. And this is just shows like how music connects people. And I think it's so fascinating. And I love it so much. But I went up to the bar. And I was just going to order my gluten-free beer. And the guy behind the bar was like, oh, yeah, you know... Finally, somebody comes in here with, that isn't wearing a shitty band T-shirt or whatever. I don't exactly remember what he said. But it was something along those lines. And I was like, oh, you like Dillinger? And then we started talking, and he ended up coming to the show with us that night. So it's just, I mean, this band really does have a, a very special audience and a very special fan base that when you find somebody else who loves Dillinger, it's like you have this automatic connection with that person. That makes sense. And... I found that throughout, not, you know, not just right now, but just in general with this band. I mean, they have a very cool fan base and we're very, we're all like, we're all connected because of them. And, uh, yeah, so he ended up coming with us and then I ended up selling two of my other tickets. Yeah. We learned a very important lesson, which is if you need tickets or have tickets, the Facebook event page is where everyone is laying by himself tickets. Yes. And it's great because you know that people who really want to be at that show are going on that event page, and it's not just like somebody who's going to buy them and then sell them for triple the money they bought them for. So we were able to get them to fans who had traveled down. Like one guy came down from Boston and was hoping to get tickets. Pat from Boston, which ended up selling them tickets to Thursday and Friday. Yeah. 
And it was awesome. Yeah, he just came down. There were other people I heard of that were coming from Australia and didn't have any tickets. The yeah. People were just coming to New York hoping to get in or to at least hang out and see what happened. Yeah. So, you know, we were able to distribute all the tickets and we were also able to go party. So going to the night, for me, this night was, this was it. Like, this was the last chance to see them. This was the last chance to get real weird. This was <laughs> the last chance to just, like, go freaking crazy and, you know, have that have that euphoric happiness that they always bring to me <laughs> and to you. And so, for me, Thursday was not it because I was like, I still need that Friday. I still need my day. This is it for me. And it wasn't that, like... You know, yes, we had seen Mike Patton. Yes, we had seen Dimitri. But this night, I was like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a special night. But I don't know how yet. Yeah. But I just knew. So, like you, I didn't go see the first two openers because I was out getting weird, drinking Belgian beers, and uh, well, they're so good. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. And so by the time we got in there, I was a little tipsy and <laughs> feeling <laughs> something else. <laughs> just feeling a little. A little crazier than normal. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And so... They opened with a song that I don't remember having heard before. Neither have I. It's called Proceed With Caution. Yes. Um, It sounded very different from what their current style is or even what Calculating Infinity sounds like. Mm -hmm. And this is the (laughs) prime example of us doing some research after recording Mm -hmm. the first time. This is kind of why I wanted to re-record it. Proceed With Caution is the first song off the first EP that they ever put together, which was a self-titled. It's an EP that I don't think I'd ever heard. I've never heard And I only either. really knew existed until see, like doing research and figuring this out. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how they're trying to commemorate their legacy and what they're doing. And night one is the Mike Patton night, which they never do. And Dimitri played the second night. And they did all those early songs. So, oh, my God. Take your minute, it's fine. But night three, you knew something was going to happen because they opened with the first song they ever did. Yes. And And LT was weird. Oh my God. But not just weird, like rare form. I think I was just like so happy. Like I was just so happy that night. And it it was a weird happy because I'm like, this is it. But I was just happy that I was there. You know, I'm just, yeah. I was so happy I was there, you know. Yeah, so they opened with Proceed with Caution, and I think that was the first night that we didn't show up to the show together. Yeah. Uh, but we did meet up before it started. Yeah. But then the second they came on, we split, yeah. which happens often, mm-hmm. you know. Fight, figure and out the meeting spot. Here's the meeting spot. See you later. Yeah. Boom. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. You know, and so we went our own separate ways, and then right after Proceed with Caution, they went into Limerick Death, which we have said that's what they had done in, as their encore opener for the previous two nights. So they were already setting a different tone for night three. Uh, so they went into Limerick Death, and that's when I think I just disappeared, and I don't remember much until <laughs> the end of the show. And I know that the set list was great. Um, it, I mean, their set list was amazing. They played a little bit of everything. You know, they played... Limerick Death, and they went into Panasonic Youth. They did Baby's First Coffin. They did Milk Lizard again. Milk Lizard again. They did Baby's First Coffin, which is the first time 
not last time, but the very first time I had ever crowd surfed was during that song at this show. Up high. So for me, yes. Yes. For me, it was something I had never done. Not because I didn't want to. I just didn't. You weren't moved to. I wasn't moved to at all. And, and I honestly still don't know how I got there. I don't know if somebody's like, you look like you want to be there. And they threw me. You're probably jumping on somebody. I was probably jumping on somebody and they got annoyed and they were like, fine, we're just throwing this bitch up. <laughs> Which is probably what happened. But like I said, I just kind of blacked out and just like went with the music and just went where it took me. I don't know where it was. But I, I crowd surfed and it was awesome. Um, and then came back down to earth. <laughs> Until a couple songs later when they did uh, Nothing to Forget. And then I was right back up there. And that time I feel like it was a little more intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because I remember being like, that was fun. And I want to do it again. And then I did. Because <laughs> I love that song. I love this song, Nothing to Forget. It's my one of my favorites off of the new album. And uh, when I got to the front, Ben had actually like leaned down. And, like, I mean, he, he always, like, connects with the audience. And he leaned down and, like, it was the first time that I had ever had a connection with him. And it was magical. And <laughs> it, it was just, like, I was, like, oh, my God. And, Ben, we would love to talk to you as Ben. But in that moment, you were Ben from Dillinger. And it was amazing because I had never, you know, seeing you play and, like, being that close to you. And you're, you're doing your thing, but you're still connecting with everybody around you. It, you're just amazing. And it was so fucking cool. And I loved it. And, um, yeah, so that, all that happened that night. And I just, I was just like bopping from one place to another. I don't (laughs) even know. And then eventually I'd go back and, you know, find who I was with and kind of like settle down for a minute. And every time I showed back up near him, I definitely looked way grosser than I was (laughs) when I left and sweatier and hair was definitely all over the place. I probably looked like I got electrocuted at some point. Like, I don't even know. I didn't even care. I was just, like, elated to be there, and I just wanted... And every time I would stop, then another song would happen, and I'd, like, run away again and get nuts and then come <laughs> yeah. back and kind of slow down. And, and so that was my Friday. It was just, like, I couldn't stop moving, and it, it was just great. And, you know, then they did Mouth of Ghosts that night, which I don't exactly remember, and I'm really bummed about that because I love that song. So I, w- I, I know that they played it, but I don't remember enjoying it because I was probably I don't know where I was but that's one of my favorites too I mean they're all my favorites I could say that every single song on here is a favorite because it is and then a little after that they did Sandbox Magician again with but and Dimitri came out so he was just like yeah guys I'm not done yet and then they they closed the early part of the set with Sunshine the Werewolf which of course always pops it off oh but God. they did but Greg did the thing that he used to do for this song I think it was only for this song I don't remember it for other songs where you would do his whole uh, parting the Red Sea bit, oh, yes. right? Where he goes up to the edge of the crowd and he's like, move, 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 and like jumps in and makes a beeline in the crowd, further in the crowd, and sings with everybody who's around. And so by the time you get to the end of it, when everyone's about to yell fucking destroyer, right? There's a whole crowd of people around him, but there's also a circle of protective people. Like everyone has their arms out, giving him enough space, but there's enough room for someone to get in and to like have their moment with him like you said you had your moment with ben like that's that's the greg moment yeah that's like for me i used to that was my fucking goal every time i would see them like i am gonna be in there like every single time and 
I, that moment for, for that night, that was the one time I tried to get engaged. Cause like I said, I blew my load like 10 times the night before and yeah. I was like not into it. I was into it, but I was like, I'm done. <laughs> you were just, I'm you were, finished. you were observing on Friday. I was, I, I were... found a place a little by the pit on the side, by the column where I can watch, but I was behind a bunch of people doing Facebook live streams. Fuck you for doing that. And <laughs> And so by the time he was doing his little uh, Red Sea bit, he was like closer to me. And then I just said, I was like pushing, pushing people out of the way. I was like, oh my God. I like went for it. And I got in real close and I got right to the circle of people with their arms out around him and people were crowd surfing and jumping in. And I had a moment where I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. This is for all these people who are doing this right now. Yeah. And I saw it and I watched, I got to watch it, which I never really get to watch because it was too focused to like, I always wanted to try and get in, but I got to actually watch it and see the people try and crawl up from the top or get in from underneath and see him grab them and sing with them and do all that it was really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, like, I think Thursday night was more of my observer night and Friday night was, I was in at night. Like, I yeah. don't, I didn't watch a lot of the show, but I was a part of a lot of the show on Friday night, which I think was different from Thursday night where I watched a lot and I knew what was happening and I remember all those. This, I, that's why I don't remember everything. I just remember feeling great. <laughs> and then I also remember feeling a lot of pain the next day because I just, everything hurt. And there was bruises in places that... It's like, there's a muscle here? Like, why do I like, hurt in this place? Like, I guess there's a muscle there. Yeah. I strained it. How did that even... Oh. Yeah. But... So then they had their encore. Yes. Uh, which was Farewell Mona Lisa. It's always great. Always great. And then the usual 43% burn. Yes. Which I still felt unresolved. I felt, I felt partially resolved. I but felt... I still felt a little like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that's not, I feel like the tone of this evening, that's not the way they're going to go out. I feel like something's going to happen. And I heard a little, some murmurings about some ideas that some people had. And I don't know why. They were talking about it, but I had that in the back of my mind, and I kind of expected it to happen. And so they did 43% burn, and everybody has their moment of fucking going crazy. And then um, they did a second encore, which they'd never done in any of these three nights. It was the first time in these three nights that they did a second encore. And they came out with um, the Seven Sons string quartet, and they came out with Adam Dahl, who was their old guitar Bass, player? I be, bassist? Bassist. Bassist, who at one point became paralyzed. What was it, from the armpits down, I yeah, believe? I think he was in a car I, accident. Yeah, he was in a car accident and couldn't perform with them, and I think you, you were in a better position to see him. I think you said he was in a wheelchair when he came out, but he performed with them, and they did Dissociation, which is the last song on their last record. Yes. So they opened with the first song on their first record, and they closed with the last song on their last record. And so they encapsulated their career in that one set. And it was, they encapsulated it in that one set, but they did a very good job of spreading it out and giving the due, giving the proper emphasis each night is what I think was so amazing. And maybe when we do a recap, we can talk about that. This is the recap. This, we, this is the recap? We, the whole the <coughs> recap, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, the re- <laughs> right now we're still talking about night three. So I mean, oh, recap I of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, recap of all three. But um, <coughs> I remember, I remember after they finished 43% Burnt, it was again that feeling of like, well, this isn't it. Because whenever they're done with that song, you know that there's going to be more. 
you know that there's another one. It's just done for tonight. That's how I've always thought. Oh, yeah. Like, there'll be another show, and yes. we'll hear them do it again. Yes. I see. But then when they, when they ended with dissociation, I was like, okay, this, this feels like it's done now. Like, like it's completely this done. This is completely done now. And it was that finality. It was, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was, it said a lot. It's, you know, they, they sent us off right you know, they sent their them off, right? I think yeah. they, they did it for them, but I think also as a fan, it was like I felt like it was done and I felt like there was closure. So it's like, you know, when you're in a relationship and there isn't that closure moment and you're always like, what if? Yeah. Or is there going to be? Yeah. I don't feel that way after yeah. night three. I that feel like we're done, you know, and you always live in my heart <laughs> and you, have, you have a huge place in my heart and in my soul but we're done, you know, we're, we're done. That the relationship that we had physically <laughs> is done. Emotionally, never done. Yeah. No. Emotionally, never done. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing, pretty epic. Yeah. And I use that word and mean it. Because <laughs> a lot of people just use that word and they, I mean it in this sense. It was, in, it was, it was. So that's, <sighs> yeah. That's that's done. <laughs> it is done. But I guess it's like a, a full recap of all three nights. What? Uh, the Mike Patton fans were wanted a party. Yes. Um, Dimitri is the fucking best. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say... Mike Patton fans are amazing and fun and just want to party. Godmother was amazing. Uh, Dimitri is the best. And he, <laughs> I mean, I second that. And just Friday as a whole, taking, they're taking the current lineup of the band as it is and all that they've done together in the past 10 years, you know, because they have had a lot of lineup changes and, like, people kind of coming in and out. But how they set up that final night was starting with the first song they ever wrote, sandwiching in, sandwiching in the middle with a lot of work that was created by the people that were standing on the stage with, with a couple others sprinkled in and then ending it with what they had made together. To me, that was like a big statement and that was amazing. And I loved it. Mm. Loved it. I, I thought it was brilliant and I thought it was just loved it. Loved it. <laughs> period I think I could just keep saying that on over and over and over again loved stuttering it. Loved, loved it, it. <laughs> loved it <laughs> but you know as a as a fan though I felt as though they did it right and I feel complete uh, I don't know how they were able to remember all these songs and that I like their songs are very intricate and the time signatures are crazy like I have no idea how they're able to remember, remember all this shit. Because now looking at it and seeing how a lot of these were played once or maybe twice, but there's three nights worth of song. Like, I have no idea there wasn't how a lot able of, to keep this straight. There wasn't a lot of overlap either. Yeah. Bet I mean, there was like, between the nights, there was a couple songs that they played. Like, they would play Wednesday and Thursday, not Friday. Or, you know, but they mixed it up a lot. And good for them. 
for, you know, and we were also hoping, we were like, oh, we hope it's different every night, but we don't know. Yeah, because when we saw them on that dissociation tour, they had like a base set list. I want to say like 75% of it was the same. Yeah. But then they changed up. I mean, the stuff they changed up was really cool. But they changed up only a couple (laughs) songs out of that, like maybe three songs out of it every time we saw them. Yeah. So to see this and to see the that thematically there was a difference every night and like locally in the set list there was a big difference every single night is just bewildering. I have no idea how they were able to keep it straight. I have no idea. And they did. And this is also a band who says that they don't really like practice a lot either. It's not like they're I like I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, get it either. It. And I'm I like, is it really? This. I'm like, but you you don't. But you've heard them say that before, right? They're just like, we don't like practice to go perform. They just kind of see what happens when we get out there, and then then what happens is just bananas, <laughs> and it's better than. I mean, maybe it's a, it. Maybe it's so good because they don't practice it and they don't. You know what I mean? They're the energy. Not, the energy is what's more important. Yeah. Like honestly, we. When we talk about them, we talk about seeing them. We don't talk about listening to them. I mean, I yeah. love their records, right? I love yes. them. I yes. listen to them a lot. But I never think of them in terms of only their recorded output. No, I think of them only in terms of their live performance. performance. Yep, same. And the records are just what fills in the gap between <laughs> seeing them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then you listen to it and you go... Like, if a new record comes out, which it won't, oh my god. But maybe, but, and maybe you to it and go, how are they going to do this? Is this going to be, the, where, when's Greg going to jump off the balcony? Is yeah. it going to be in this song? Is it going to, like, how are they going to play this? Is this going to be the one where someone, like, uh, you know, you, you could hear almost what's going to happen after having seen them enough. It's like, yeah, this is going to be the one where fucking Ben is on the amp, right? You know that's what's going to happen yeah. here. How are they going to do that live? Holy shit, right? <laughs> and then they do. And then they do. <laughs> and you're just like, and that's how they did it. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're, they will forever be, I think, my favorite live band. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen, there's other shows that have meant a lot to me that I've seen live or a lot of other performers that I've seen live that have, have like a big spot in my heart because of either who I was with or why I was seeing them or the fact that I got to see them. But this is on another level. Like, I feel like it's unfair for me to compare anything to them ever again. I understand. Yeah. So I agree, you know, and that's just, you know, and, and that's a statement to them as a band, but it's also, you know, just the, the impact that they've had on, on their fans and their audience that, you know, you just blow us away every time. And the fact that you chose to go out on a high note and make that decision yourself and never get to the point where you felt as though you let yourself down or right. you let your fans down. Yeah. Or you're a caricature of what you do. Yes. You know, you don't want to be known for like, I mean, I joke that I say, like, yeah, this is the part where Greg jumps off the balcony. Like, I don't mean that as, as in a caricature way. It's just one of those things that it, you know is going to happen, but not in a... Like, it might not happen. Right. We saw him in fucking Philadelphia, and Greg was like, I want to do this so bad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I could, can't get up there. Yeah, yeah so sometimes, you know, because we would always go in and guess, like, all right, where is he going to jump off of? And that's like, one of the yeah, first things gonna we happen? would do. Where should we stand? Yeah. <laughs> should we be here? <laughs> And sometimes we were right and sometimes we were wrong. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Right. It's what he feels like doing. Yeah. What the energy of the night is. Yeah, what it dictates. Right. And that's what it is. It's all about, they, they play, they don't play at you, they play with you. Ooh. 
So it really depends on the crowd and what's happening and the energy in the room. And they feed off of that. They feed into that, but they also feed off of that. It's, it's one. It's not, they're not on stage and you're in the crowd. It's, you're all, you're all doing the same. We're all here together. They're just, they're very special and very special. Yeah. That's they, it. They want to connect with you and they did and they've been doing it for 20 years, connecting with people mm-hmm. on a consistent basis and thank you for doing that. Yes. Thank you. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> all the thank yous. All the thanks. In all the land. In all the land. You, you have brought so much happiness. And so many bruises. So many bruises. And so much pain. Worth it. Worth it, yeah. Um, I'm sure it's pale. It doesn't even pale to what you have. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I did get my first black and blue nose at their show, though. Was it was on your face? Yeah. Did, I, how did you fix it? Uh, <laughs> I didn't, actually. Fixed itself. It went away really quick, though. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you saw it. Yeah. Anyway, um, battle wounds are always proof you were there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but thank you, guys. It was... Thank you for 20 years of doing it. You know, I was listening for 13 to 14 of those 20, so I feel very lucky yeah. to... I feel lucky to have been there early enough to really have seen it. To I see, I saw a lot of the changes, and, and I loved all the changes, and I loved all the growth, and I'm happy to be able to have been a part of that. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. I'll kick out forever, but I'll try and stop. <laughs> Nah. nah, yeah. But yeah, so that was the uh, that was our three nights of joy, bruises, and happiness. <laughs> I guess that's what that would be, right? Whiskey, bruises, and happiness. Um, sure. <laughs> there was a lot of whiskey had, which is why I said that. It was delicious. It's so good. Um, yeah. yeah. I have no closing notes. I blew it all on night two. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else we can say, but thanks. Yeah. And if anybody anybody who is there wants to talk about it, you know where we are. Let us know. And if you want to see some really good pictures of it, uh, you can go on Instagram for at Steve-O Shoots. Yes. He's been following them around on tour for a very long time. Yes. So go check out his shit. We'd also love to talk to you. Yeah, we would. Love to talk to you, Steve. Oh. <laughs> Shoots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is fun and end of an era. And we look forward to talking to more people about their stories like this or, you know, bands that they've had a similar experience with or connection to. And also um, anybody who wants to continue talking about Dillinger from here into infinity, please <laughs> let us know because we want to talk about them all the time. And yeah, I think, I think I'm done. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Pit. You can find bonus content on our website, talesfromthepitpod.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Tales from the Pit Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, drop us a line at talesfromthepitpod at gmail.com. 
Until next time.